When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Doug Too Deep, the officially unofficial podcast for The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power on Amazon Prime. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. Today we're talking season one, episode six, that I think is titled You Done? <laughs> you Done? <laughs> no. It's uh, Udun. Udun. And, okay. and, and everyone that's that's got watched the Peter Jackson film is familiar with this term. You might not know it. Mm-hmm. Unless That's you hear me. it in context. The context is Gandalf standing on a stone bridge facing a Balrog saying, I am a servant of the secret fire, wielder of the flame of Arnor. The dark fire will not avail you, flame of Undun. The power of Christ compels you, flame All that. of Yadun. All that. Uh, Udun means uh, it's elvish for hell, essentially. Mm. It's an alias of one of Morgoth's mightiest fortresses, and you're supposed to get the idea that the orcs are recreating their their homeland. Uh, you can banish freed. a Balrog with the power of hell. Well, he's just saying he's just calling him a flame of hell. He oh, served. Okay. He wields the flame of Arnor, which Elvis of the Sun. He's like, I serve the uh, I serve the light of day. You are a, f- a fire and shadow and. I'm going to adjust your ass to ears ratio here in about two, three seconds if you don't watch out. And mm-hmm. by God, he did. I don't know if you saw the <laughs> the, the, the cold open to the two towers, but uh, he really took it to that Balrog. Mm-hmm. What do you think of uh, what do you think of Udun? Oh, boy, man. Um, let's start off with the good. I think there were some really great battle scenes and they surprised me with how good they are. Um I really like the stuff with Aaron Deer fighting this big ass orc. I thought that mm-hmm. stuff was fun um, and very cool and not in a surfing your shield kind of way. Um, and I really liked that they sort of surprised me with the tower scheme that they had going because I was super nervous when that scene started going like, you know, you guys have like the most defensible position in the entire world that I could possibly imagine this this treacherous path up to your castle yeah. is impassable if you want it to be. Uh-huh. Uh, but then they just let them walk in the door and I'm like, oh no, this is a horrible setup. It turned out to be totally okay. I just needed to chill out and wait and the tower collapse was very cool. I like that. Yeah, I was I was puckered up too. I'm like, oh God, why? <laughs> like imagine in Helm's Deep if they just let them come in and like, right. oh, as a brilliant plan. But I'm like, oh, you know what? This is actually... Um, it, it it seems like that this tower is pre-rigged to do exactly that, and I noticed in mm-hmm. weeks before it was held together like these by these bands of whatever, and it was designed to essentially cause a landslide and destroy everything, and you know, uh, self-destruct and everything that kind of led up to that. Uh, you know, the way he cut the rope and it auto barricaded them in. I thought that yeah, very cool, but it was shaky. It was like, oh man, I don't know, and it turned out okay. Uh huh. Turned out turned out really good. I I thought it was a good solid yeah, yeah, plan. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. and and we you know get a lot of a lot of just really cool stuff this episode. But then you get to the end of this episode and it turns into Walking Dead episode two. Uh, two two weeks in a row here. I I don't mm. know how they are going to resolve the thing that happens at the end of this episode, but it seems unresolvable. I think any possible solution you come up with for this, whether they just survive somehow, JSS, yeah. <laughs> bring it back to Walking Dead, <laughs> or they end up, this is just like a dream sequence or a vision. None of that Ooh, feels that good. Satisfying. None well, of it. I, I will say this, that if they had structured this episode such that they ended on the cliffhanger of the orcs going into the apparently abandoned tower... Um, and they cut there, I'd be like, this seems fucking stupid. They've abandoned mm-hmm. their fortification. 
You know, they've that like this. This seems like a a five year old's idea of a military strategy. And then they would have started next week and I'd look like a fucking idiot. Sure. (laughs) I got to say, I feel like they told the story at the end of this episode of everyone, all of the good people and a lot of the orcs just being wiped off the map. But that includes a pyroclastic flow. At Galadriel, like everybody, Galadriel, like, it, like I, I feel like they're telling the story of, a, of an absolute holocaust. It's just everything's going to be burnt to ash. Pompeii returned, yeah. Yeah. and like it seems like the only way they could resolve it is if it is a dream uh, or a vision or something. But boy, that's uh, how boy, a false dream cliffhanger is 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 kind of a bummer. But I don't know. This, I'm going to. The other episode, the otherwise, I thought the episode is excellent, and I'm not. I there's plenty of time next week for us to bitch and moan about it if it turns out to be ridiculous. Well, I think there's plenty of time to do it this week too, because this is the type of cliffhanger that I always say is bullshit. Yeah, it doesn't tell me what happened. It doesn't tell me what happened because in no. my mind, everybody is dead. Clearly, everyone can't yeah. be dead, so yeah. it doesn't tell me what actually happened here. It only uh, the cliffhanger I like tells me what happens, and then it's up to me to go. Oh boy, how is everyone going to react to this big, huge event that happened? That's a cliffhanger. Or another acceptable cliffhanger. I, I, the, the, the literal definition of a cliffhanger a hero hanging from the cliff, dangling, like is his fingers going to slip? Sure. Because that's not an immediately lethal situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, the hero go standing beside <laughs> a, a nuke and yeah. the timer going down to triple zero and then a faraway shot of the nuke going off. Mm hmm. Well, that guy's just right, but he can't right. die. So, like, right. I that yeah, it it is annoying. It's not. It's it's even if they find a way to pull it out, it, it feels like I'm still going to be annoyed because then it's schmuck bait, where it's like uh-huh. it's only for the five and six year olds in the room to think that <laughs> right. they were going to kill these people because you know, well, hello, know it's Isildur, it's Elendil, it's Galadriel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Other than that, I thought it was a it was a pretty good episode. I everyone's talking about how, you know, Hot D is the uh, fantasy series after dark and T-Rop is the family friendly entertainment. This mm-hmm. is not family friendly. I feel like they. Yeah. I mean, people are getting hardcore yeah. fucked dick down boot TNA, but. Uh, it's as it's as hairy of of of, of gory violence as I've ever seen. You know? Yeah, that scene with uh, Aaron Deer putting a splinter into the orc's yeah. eye is gruesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's uh, oof. It's uh, it's pretty brutal. It's pretty brutal for sure. Yeah, and then you've got fucking lava bombs landing on people, <laughs> landing on that kids. One, yeah, like, and one <laughs> fuck that one Numenorian in particular. He just got <laughs> melted by a lava ball. Uh huh. Yeah, it's amazing. I loved seeing the explosion. I think it looked incredible, and I I don't know. There's something about me. I couldn't help but laugh out loud as Numenorians and Southerners alike are getting lava bombed, <laughs> but uh, it's definitely not family-friendly there, so... Man, really missing the I, I really miss the Harfoots and the Dwarves every time we don't get to them. Yeah, uh, yeah. It is ni- I guess it's nice that we narratively focused on this one thing. And it's one spot of Middle Earth, but boy, I do, I do miss, I do miss the Harfoots, and I do miss the the Dwarf and the Durin and Elrond show in particular. They did a pretty good job for me of keeping me distracted enough by the plot that was going on that I didn't actively miss them while it was happening. Okay. I didn't look at the end of the episode and go, "Boy, well, maybe it's because I had other things to worry about at the end of this episode." But I, I wasn't thinking, "Hmm, I really wish we had seen more of the Dwarves and the Harfoots." Yeah, uh, th- this might be the best elf and southerner uh specifically like numenor and southerner episodes we've episode we've seen yet i think i still think isildur is, is a fucking tool i do not yeah, like this yeah. guy um and nothing in this episode made me really change my mind about that um sure oh it's just unfortunate but maybe they're just telling that like i i saw a guy on tiktok it's like I think they're just telling the story of Isildur as seen in Lord of the Rings because in that epilogue <laughs> and all the flashbacks, he's just kind of a dick. Sucks, kind of yeah. a dick. He accidentally he accidentally beat Sauron after his old man gets stomped out. Mm-hmm. He has a chance to defeat the ultimate evil weapon of the enemy, and he's just like, no, I like it on my neck better. And then mm-hmm. he gets ganked by a bunch of rando orcs and loses it for an age. 
Like what? What a what a what a tool bag! And maybe he's they're just telling this. He's just a he's just kind of a feckless idiot. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> they are telling hey, a plus job on that storytelling if that's what's happening. Because I've completely bought in the fact that this guy is a Numenorian fuckboy. In that not case, much to recommend him. You go west. Take take a boat. Just sail west and don't ever come yeah. back. Go 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 to old Numenor. Go to the where it's still. You know. Go you go 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 love you some elves. Yeah, just fall off the map somewhere. Uh, All right. I suggest we get into the recap. Yeah, let's do it. There's a lot more Rings of Power to ponder. We'll be back right after this short break. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And now, let's dig a little deeper on Dug Too Deep. We start off with Adar planting some seeds and delivering a rousing speech to his orcs, his orc uh, brothers and sisters, I suppose, before they it's march wild. to take the tower. It really it implies there's some female orcs. Uh, sure. I know they did. There there was a lot of like ha ha ho ho in the original series or movie series about the uh, dwarves, uh, dwarvish women looking the same as dwarvish men. But if there's 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 lady orcs in here, then they're just boy, they're 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 hard for my human eye to tell apart because it looks like they're all all very dude elves. But maybe they're um, yeah, maybe the one uh, Aaron Deer was fighting was a female. I don't know. Could be, but yeah, he said does the first time as brothers and sisters. Um, yeah, so they're about to march and take the tower, and when they arrive, they find it totally abandoned except for Aaron Deer, who brings the tower down on their heads. Uh, and then the humans back in the village see the tower fall and they celebrate and then begin readying the village for defense because they know another attack is coming. They didn't get them all. Yeah, I, I'm like this Adar guy. I thought he was going to die throughout various parts of this episode. And I found mm-hmm. myself getting nervous because like, I think he's a very effective bad guy and he's played by a good actor and he's an inherently interesting. In fact, I thought it was... I thought Galadriel came off bad in their exchange. We'll get to that later. Um, <laughs> yeah, threatening genocide. Yeah, it's not a good look. It's not a good look. Yeah, especially, yeah, we'll talk about that. Um, I'm getting very right. strong, like, Rickman, Alan Rickman vibes from this guy. Oh, and interesting. that might be why I think he's so good. Um, You know, it seems like he's a, trying to liberate these people who've had a bad, like, honestly, this is one, I think yeah. this is the most inspiring speech we've had, and it's given by the bad, the evil side, you know, like, we have endured mm-hmm. much, but now we've cast off our shackles, we've journeyed far on bleeding feet, Uh, and yes, we may die, but we'll die as a first time as brothers and sisters in our own home, and then the orcs start chanting Nampat, which is uh, black speech for death. Um, mm. which, you know, straight to the point. Um, <laughs> I still, so like now, I I super don't get this uh, Ostirith. I thought it was, um, I don't know, maybe Sauron designed it to fall apart too. But like, it's, I, I, I guess more and more, it's just looking like this was an outpost the elves took over, an evil outpost the elves took over, hung mm-hmm. up some ivy curtains to hide the uh, untasteful decor and just took it over. Yeah, and it already was like kind of crumbly. Maybe they reinforced it with these straps, and then yeah, caught one. It comes down on their heads. Um, th- it was cool because again, I was really like, I don't know. This seems dumb to abandon a fortress. Like, how in the world are you ever going to get a better one than this? And it may there also might be room to complain about like why didn't they at least have a couple archers just raining down hell that the entire approach you know weed them out Uh one by one and then then draw them into the fortress and do the same thing but honestly i i was so pleasantly surprised that they had something awesome (laughs) that like whatever man you you, you did a good one you did a good one at the start of this episode it wasn't optimal it wasn't perfect but it was good enough yeah uh, I don't know what's going through Adar's head here because he just sort of decides to tank this tower as it comes down on his head as best I can tell. Yeah, he just 
survive. I mean, because he says that everybody get out and move, but they are, they were trapped in there. Um, yeah, I, I frankly don't know how lucky. anybody in this area survived inside of the the tower yeah. here. But unless you're on top of the walls, like Arendir or something like that, like yeah, it seems like sure. everything in the courtyard and every crucially everyone climbing up the staircase, the the winding path to the fort- fortification just got landslid, man. Which I think is a problem for later in the episode where Waldrick just kind of walks in and puts the sword in the stone there. It's because mm, he was right in the middle there. He, he was right in the middle and he should have the whole area should be covered in rubble, right? How can he even access that? thing? Oh, yeah. So maybe that, maybe that tower, <laughs> maybe that tower did mostly fall on the, the like the like everybody inside the fort was safe because, yeah, why would you design a fortification maybe. to destroy the fort? You know, like so, everyone inside <laughs> sure. the fort was okay. But like, they sold the story of him trapping them in there. Like, you're gonna, you're uh-huh. gonna, it's gonna, it's your ass now, boys. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Um, but we'll we'll revisit that here in a bit. Isildur shovels some shit and then talks with Galadriel until they get close enough to land for him to be able to see it. And then Ellen Deal tells Galadriel what happened to Isildur's mother. Uh. Finally, Ellendale reviews the route with the queen um, that they're going to take to get to the Southlands here. And she instructs him to get there as soon as you possibly can. It's a lot to talk about here. You remember on the uh, remember on the feedback show where we were talking about the plausibility of fitting, you know, several hundred men and horses on a ship. And I said, hey, you know Mm -hmm. what? The Royal Navy really packed these guys in, gave him, gave him a scant 14 inches to, to sling up. That's not the situation on board. Every one of these guys had at least a full-size bed's worth of space, not especially <laughs> cramped. Each boat holds, I bet, I think 16 horses. I mm-hmm. do. I honestly don't know how where they put all these guys and, and the sheer amount of mounted cavalry that they have later. In, it's like that. It must be a TARDIS situation where it's way fucking bigger yeah. on the inside than it is on the outside. Uh, maybe, yeah. maybe two-thirds of the boat is actually underwater. They're just <laughs> okay. really, really tall boats. It's got, it's, it's got like six stories underwater. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Um, It's like a skyscraper underwater. <laughs> also, Isildur takes an apple out, gives a bite, goes to share it the horse. I looked. I don't think that horse actually got a bite. No, he's teasing him. And he takes it up on deck, takes one more bite, and throws half an apple overboard. I've seen a horse eat a apple core and all. Come yeah. on, man! What kind of what kind of shit is this? You're just teasing your favorite. <laughs> I hate to see how you treat your worst enemy horse. If this oh, is how yeah. you treat the, your beloved one, yeah, this, this is Barrick. We get to we get to meet Barrick. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe not for the first time. Is it the same horse that was dangling in it's those ropes a, last episode? Well, maybe, but it was certainly the same horse that uh, his sister rode up on. Uh, when she was greeting them off of their Sea Cadet Academy training mission. Gotcha. Um, (laughs) There's there's a lot of funny stuff, because, like, he sort of stumbles on deck, is like, oh, I want to see the first light of land. And Gladriel's like, I haven't seen it for an hour. And then, like, 30 seconds later, they see it, and, like, it's huge. Yeah. yeah, So... (laughs) Are, are elves super keen sighted or all Numenorians canonically nearsighted? Because I <laughs> cannot be believe both. this guy did not see this fucking huge continent that they're like a mile off of. Yeah. Uh, until the sun, maybe until the sun came up. But I, I don't know. I thought that was pretty. I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, it does seem to just sneak up on him. Uh, I agree with Galadriel's sentiment here that humble work is nothing to be ashamed of. I think people sure. need to remember that more often. You know, shoveling shit is just as important as leading troops into battle. It's all it part of the same, same thing. It's all well. In this case, this. I think it does. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Probably Numenorian. But like, that's the, that's it's 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 like yeah. I I I appreciate what Galadriel's saying. I just want to know what what the going rate for stable scooping work is in sure Linden and Numenor because I bet it doesn't pay as much as a as a you know. A swordsmith or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kellebrimbor is not making the same as the guy who shovels <laughs> the horse shit. He's making one hundred twenty percent, twelve hundred percent more than the stable boys in mm-hmm. London. It's a real scandal. It's a real scandal. <laughs> they need to. They, the stable boys need to unionize. Also, I laughed out loud when 
I, I know this is horrible of me, but when Ellen Deal tells Galadriel that their mother or Isildur's mother, his wife, I assume, drowned, uh, I just ringing in my head is the sea is always right. Yeah, you actually. So we actually got to watch this together for the first time last uh-huh. night. And as soon as he said, "What happened to his mother?" Oh, she drowned. You said, "You said the sea is always, always right, right, bitch." Right, bitch. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, you're not wrong. Other than neither is the sea. You know, this that yeah. lady had to go. Like you're hearing your dead woman. You're hearing this dead woman Why? call to Isildur. Run, run. Right? The sea. The sea was right, trying to save you from this crazy, crazy elf loving woman. Yeah, what'd she do? I guess she. Oh, did the sea take her because she loved elves? I don't. I mean, we don't know. I do not know why. I do not know why they are treating this like a mystery. It's bedeviling mm-hmm. to me. Um. And then, and like I feel like already five six episodes in, we're not saying this enough. This is a gorgeous scene. Like oh, I yeah. actually think they took a boat out on the water and like you know went went to the southern point of the northern island and filmed it. It's just at dawn, no less. It is gorgeous, so so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great sunrise. Um, also, speaking of the sunrise, uh, what Elendil here is saying about. He's sailing into the sunrise, right? It's a, it's a weird thing of geography for him because he never goes right. east. So, like, he's used to yeah, sailing yeah. into the sunrise when it's setting, but here it's rising, but he feels like it's setting. And I I thought mm-hmm. back to the king's warning to the queen about the darkness. Nothing awaits you there but darkness. Well, this um, evoked that in my mind. And Adar is going to wage a war against the sun, which I'll have comments at the end of the episode. Um, speaking of beautiful, yeah. too. Uh, this transition from the uh, the queen pouring over the battle map to zooming in and like being at the village, I thought that was pretty nifty too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very cool. Uh, let's go over to Arendir again. He tries to break Sauron's hilt, but he can't, so he decides to hide it. Just a pretty quick scene there. Yeah, it's very um, much like the Council of Elrond where Gimli gets up and is like, let's just fucking do this. And he YOLOs the ring and it blows up. And uh, 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 um, God damn it. I, I just I just Elrond. Elrond's like, you stupid dwarf. We don't possess any <laughs> arts here that's capable of destroying this. Same deal. Mm-hmm. You can't uh, these say what you will about Morgoth and Sauron. Their craftsmanship. Yeah. Buy it. Truly buy it for life. Totally, the, the the you gotta you gotta take it to the crack of Mount Doom or your money back guarantee on this son of a bitch. It's just never gonna go bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, then the village prepares their defense, and Bronwyn and Arendir explain the attack strategy and that the fallback point is gonna be the tavern, which I might henceforth refer to as the Winchester because this is the Shaun of the Dead plan. <laughs> Sure, sure, sure. Just just hole up there, wait for it all to blow over. Uh-huh. Theo wants to fight, but his mother says he needs to stay in the tavern and protect the weak. And she does give him a pep talk, though, that she gave him when he was a baby, I guess. Yeah. There's the, you know, there's light and beauty mm-hmm. forever on the beyond the reach of the shadow, and you find the light and the shadow won't find you. Yeah, it's, uh, and then the, the, um, the backdrop of all the the babies and the friends and the lovers hugging and kissing each other like it it's it's good it's it reminds me a lot of the helms deep you know where there's all the scenes of the children and and hiding out in the caves like this is what we're fighting for kind of kind of deal um yeah, also totally. theo your mom making you stay in the bar in the winchester horse shit i think you can take her in a fight i think you could start a fire <laughs> 10 times more effectively than her she arguably got that poor woman's throat slit all by herself. I I, I kind of think that Bronwyn should have been in the in the Winchester with the spear, and uh, Theo should have been out out uh, fucking up these orcs because woof. Yeah, she did not account herself well in the battle. Um. Oh, one other thing is it, maybe it's because they've humanized the orcs. I thought it was really fucked up that we start like they just got a he- one of their heads on a spike. That's so barbaric. Mm. Like, say what you will about orcs, but they're thinking and feeling people. <laughs> they're, they're, they're intelligent with creatures. names and hearts, as Adar yeah. points out later. Yeah. Yeah. They got loyalty to each other. Brothers and sisters. They love their father. Like, uh, it's like it really seems savage to cut off one of their heads and mount it on a fucking pike. 
That's bad. Yeah. That's evil person behavior, man. For sure. <laughs> There's a lot of evil person behavior coming from the quote unquote good guys in this episode. Like I said, mm. Galadriel's going to threaten genocide later this episode. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's that. Uh, you know what I, I really took note of? And I don't know why I noticed this above all other things in this episode. But Theo has a great looking spear. That spear looks sturdy like it's built out of oak. I don't often see physical props made of wood or they're supposed to be made of wood look like they are actually made of the wood they're supposed to be made of. Most of the time it's like foam or they carve down some fucking balsa or whatever and it doesn't feel like it has the weight. This thing the looks heft. great. Yeah. yeah, it feels like it's like it's skewer a bore, you'd say. Absolutely. All right, let's head over to the second half of this scene, I guess, where Aaron Deer tells Bronwyn about the elvish tradition of planting Al- Alfirin Aspirin. Aspirin seeds seeds before a battle and then promise her that they'll have their own garden full of them sometime after the battle. They're going to plant the rest of them. Which by the end of the episode is is all just completely gone to shit. This is a very Harlequin romance. The whole, hey, lassie, I want to tend the garden with you. I want to get my hands dirty. (laughs) I want to get my hands dirty with, with you. This is that I want to till the earth. I want to. I want to. I want to yeah. plow fields. Yeah, that's the yeah. euphemism. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh, plow. Mm-hmm. That's definitely yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, here's the other thing: these Alfirin seeds connect to Adar too, right? Because in the very first shot of this episode, we see him planting these seeds before the battle, doing the exact that's same ritual yeah. that Arendir is doing. Yeah, um, which dead life from death. Which doesn't so I seem get like a bad guy a, thing to me, but. No, he seems pretty fucking cool. Um, also, like, I get that this is an Elvis tradition. Why the fuck does Brown one know not only about it, but the fact that they're, they're their own little saying, too? They didn't really explain that. Uh-huh. Yeah, not really. I I maybe it's just from living lover, around, but... being monitored by and living around elves for a little while. I don't know. Mm, could be. Maybe she's done some reading. Who knows? Um... So, you know, one thing I'd like to know, and if I was on going to be on the uh, Lorehounds podcast this week, I'd probably ask John, but th- there's this Valar that uh, Bron- or sorry, Aaron Deer claims watches over things that grow um, mm-hmm. and the people who tend them. And I'd like to know more about that person. I'm sure they'll I thought talk you said about just it. Just the Valar. What did he mention a one by name? Oh, I thought he said there's the one of the Valar does this. I could be wrong. Uh, well, there's got to be a Valar that's responsible for crops and harvesting and all that. But yeah, I'll, I'll totally. Uh, I'll try to uh, bring because I'll, yeah, I'll be guesting on the Lorehounds this week. I'll, I'll try to bring that up to John. Okay, that'd be cool. As the villagers wait, the orcs crest a hill and the battle begins. The humans spring a trap and they win round one with Arendir fighting a huge orc and Bronwyn saving him. Unfortunately. They were mostly just fighting the other half of their former townspeople. Mm. And I'll stop there momentarily to talk about this because this has the very cool orc Arendir battle that I liked. Yeah. Um, it is funny. Bronwyn struggling to light this torch, like just comically amount of time. She just cannot yeah. get this thing lit. Just <laughs> cut back. <laughs> not happening. Uh, poor lady gets her throat slit. Uh, it, it's, it's, I don't know. This wasn't a very triumphant moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, not not sure what 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 storytelling purpose it served to make her look ridiculous, but she got the job done. Um, and I, I thought is again, this is all pretty clever. You're you know you you got the one thing it looks like it misses, and the el- and the orcs are like ha ha ha, you suck, and then the other one comes slamming in, and suddenly they're in a fire of square a square a square of fire. And Aaron Deer starts pouring down uh, rock uh, rockets, starts pouring down RPGs. Pour down arrows, and I, I love a good elvish archery scene. Goddamn, oh, yeah. they they look they look so smooth, uh, p- pulling those back and letting letting them fly. And mm-hmm. the rooftop archers just target rich environment. They're just they're just pin cushioning these 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 poor bastards. Yeah, I love it. Um, I, I, I love the adorable little battering ram the orcs bring to the party. <laughs> you know, like this is this is this is not grand. <laughs> this is just a log, <laughs> a log with a couple of handles on it. Yeah, I was kind of surprised that Aaron Deer couldn't tag enough of them to keep them from getting the battering ram to the tavern, but I guess mm-hmm. it ultimately didn't matter, right? Right. 
You like the big orc, the uh, Andre the Orcish. I do. Yeah, I thought there was some some pretty sweet moves on display by Aaron Deer. I, I yeah. really love when he kind of jumps against the the building and and then back the opposite way and dodges and yeah, parkour combat. He felt nimble, but but not overly so. Not like um, boy, there's some stunt work from Glidrail here that would make you know the the most acrobatic of the elves blush yeah um so i don't think he's on the same level as her certainly but no he's got some moves up his sleeve she's something special clearly mm-hmm. um that yeah but like the the him stabbing that that splinter in the dude's eye and the blood just, just pouring out into his face. face and his mouth yeah. Uh, it's and there's just some really gruesome orc deaths too, or human deaths. Like the orcs just come up and stick these people, mm-hmm. and you know, take them to the ground, just stab, stab, stab. And uh, there's yeah, there's a lot of a lot of bad deaths, and it also that scene of them all celebrating and you know checking out the butcher's bill and seeing some of their people dying, and then slowly coming to the realization that a lot of the villagers that left with the butcher baker and candlestick maker were mm-hmm. f- in put in orc armor and f- like the, the they, they largely killed their own uh neighbors yeah which dark. sucks yeah you don't you don't uh-huh. you, you hate to see it you hate to see it i really like the the tension and the build-up in this scene too because the entire time i'm thinking okay where is adar obviously he's not gonna be dead right that's no conclusion for what i looked at right. as like a, a villain a main villain here so he can't be dead, but when's he going to show up? When's he going to show up? And it kept not bringing him into the equation. And I felt like it was pretty effective. Uh, just getting me to guess like, okay, where's he going to be? Mm-hmm. And then we start round two of the battle where a fresh group of orcs um, show up and it does not go nearly as well for the humans. They get pinned down in the tavern. Bronwyn's dad dies and she gets shot with an arrow and Aaron Deer uses the seeds to save her. And then a dar. Uh, starts breaking into the tavern and we kind of cut away so we can talk about this so much for that garden he just used up all the seeds on her wound <laughs> I guess the aspirin it's... seeds it kills the pain um, whether you I, lose I, the seeds or the woman I guess it's half a dozen of one and yeah 16 dozen of the other I don't know what the saying is I, I also don't like I you know it wasn't beyond the realm of belief that um, a lot of these people might die like Theo might die mm-hmm. um, Bronwyn might die so I was kind of reasonably afraid for everybody um, especially when Bronwyn started taking arrows I'm like Jesus Christ this is this is some some brutal stuff yeah. uh, I, the, the, I did think it's funny as they're falling back to the keep there's this one guy that takes an arrow and two guys help him to his feet and then one of the guys who just helped him to his feet takes an arrow and goes down and the guy who just got help kind of looks down and is like <laughs> Uh, tough shit. Yep. I know we're like literally 12 inches from the threshold, but I guess you're going to die. Uh, <laughs> Cold hearted bastard. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Can't can't possibly be be arsed to drag you into the the uh, into the Winchester. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I don't I, I don't know. Like. Can you really can you really seal? a wound shut with a firebrand. I seriously doubt it. I don't think the I'm wood, willing to but, let it go. Yeah, but it's like it's one of those things where it's like why didn't they just have a just stick a blade in the fire? That's how you do it. Yeah. 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 Instead I mean, you will burn the shit embers. out of yourself, but like wood's a terrible tra- conductor of heat. That's why dudes mm-hmm. can walk across a bed of coals. Yeah. So, yeah, I would have I would have uh, heated up one of them kitchen knives and done it, but you know, Minor, yeah. minor, minor problem. And I mean, with these flowers, uh, or the, sorry, these seeds, um, I, I don't know what the properties of those things are. I'm just going to chalk it all up to magic, right? He rubs them on there. He hits it with a little bit of glowing red embers, and mm-hmm. he's good. Uh, that, that It's heat activated, the medicinal value. Yes. Could be, for all I know. Anyway, we like I said, we cut away as Adara starts to break into the tavern and we see Galadriel, Hobrin, the Numenorians all riding as hard as they can toward the village. Um, I thought this was not necessary, uh, you yeah. know, because it's like they're not here yet, but they're like it really bled the tension from the scene because if you're in it, you're mm-hmm. like kind of almost forget about the Numenorians. 
but it's almost like the show's like, don't forget about the Numenorians. I'm like, well, why not? Like, it's it's more effective if we do. Yeah, yeah. Imagine, imagine if th- throughout Helm's Deep, you just cut to Eomer and Gandalf riding hell for leather. You know, like we're coming, we're coming. Hold out, Theoden, mm-hmm. we're coming. Like it's it's one of the things that makes that work is how desperate it was, and you'd almost forgotten that. Oh yeah, look to the east on the third day. I don't know. It's, it's weird. It's five second of Numenorans is riding, riding hard. Yeah, Especially since it, it, are are they in like three time zones away? Because the sun's fucking up where the Numenors are, or Numenorians are riding. Yeah, I mean it must it must just be a flashback. They they talk about how it's like a day's ride to get there. So yeah, like so when, that's when really Elendil's weird. pointing out to the queen. Yeah, that's really weird. Okay, so that must be a flashback to earlier in the day. Uh, anyway, let's go back to Adar. He breaks into the tavern and demands to know where the hilt is. And Theo must have apparently seen Arendir hide it because he knows where it is and gives it up when his mother is threatened. Uh, I think there was a, a scene, a shot previously in another scene where Arendir says, yeah, we got to hide it and you can't even know where Theo's mm-hmm. looking over at him. Mm-hmm. It, they never show him like sneaking off to go observe where it's hidden. But I assume that's when it happened. Uh, cause yeah, that was one of the questions I had that didn't, I didn't think that made a lot of sense. Cause it's like, well, yeah. did, did Aaron Deer just not know how to keep that shit on lock because <laughs> right. Or maybe he has know. some kind of blood connection. He can sense where it is. I, Oh, that knows, makes a lot right? actually makes a lot of sense if it was, but they, they also could have maybe told that story of him in the, like, you know, Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they, they've got you know, I think Lord of the Rings did a pretty good job establishing a language of cinema for someone being called to by a dark yeah. object right totally um, but that makes a lot of sense that makes a lot of sense because pre- I'm like how because Aaron Deere's got like these crazy elf senses how the hell could he be observed in this private place and not know it you know yeah it's yeah. not like you're a mile away with binoculars you're like <laughs> I would think he'd be able to hear you breathing but that right. made that that the what you say makes makes a lot of sense. Just then, Galadriel at uh, all here arrive and run roughshod over the orcs. Adara tries to flee with the hilt, but Galadriel and Halbrin chase him down. And Halbrin wants to kill him, but Galadriel stops him. Uh, her words, stab, twist, and rip, come into full effect here. They're just immediately right off the bat. Stab, twist, and rip. That's how you kill an orc. I yeah. loved it. Dwayne the Rock Jr. Uh, Dwayne the Rock Jr. Uh, was paying attention to orc stabbing school because he was ripping and tearing. Yeah, hell yeah. Uh, I also saw, so I saw a shot that very much confused me when uh, someone is riding at an orc. The orc shoots an arrow at them, and the person like falls off the side of their horse. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, that person just got shot to death. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then they ride past the orc and the orc explodes into gore. Sure does. <laughs> like, wait, what happened? It turns out that's Galadriel and Galadriel dodged that arrow by hanging yeah. off the horse. Going going side saddle trick riding and not just not only took this dude's head off, took his like head, neck, shoulder, arm. Yeah, hit him like three, four times on the way past. Just gibbed him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty gruesome. Uh, and also pretty cool. I like the chain oh. trick. The yeah, riding yeah. within chain, just 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 cutting through swaths of orcs at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, poor poor Barrick gets sliced. Barrick, like yeah. Poor horse gets get, gets a little cut on him. Um, mm-hmm. Also, as awesome as uh, Dwayne the Rock Junior was, his other friend did not acquit himself well. Uh, Antamo or whatever his name is. Yeah, he no, just pretty much I, I fell had a hard down. time. So, so they did a thing here that movies don't often do, which is they left everybody's freaking helmets on, and so right. which which is smart in a battle. You want to wear a helmet, but it I did make a hard keep track. Yeah, is he the one that the orc just kind of fell onto? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Like the, 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 okay. The Dwayne the Rock Junior went and saved him, and then uh, gotcha. He get the, he he did get one stick in. He wasn't useless. All right. <laughs> the most useless of the Numenorians, though. What, what was it like? Oh. One Numenorian is worth 12 humans in battle. He's worth maybe exactly one. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's sad. 
There was, I will say that, like, there was some impressive stunt riding. I don't know how much of this is CG, how much of it was real, but that, like, leap that Isildur takes over, like, this wagon to get at it, because that was also a kind of cool moment, him riding to save his dad. Turns out he didn't mm-hmm. have to, because Halburn was right there to, like, lower the fucking boom. Sure. But um, there is, yeah, just some really sick horsemanship. You got to love a yeah. mass cavalry charge. It's always a good time. It's one of the best parts of Return of the King when the Rohirrim just ride fucking through everybody in the Battle of the Pelennor Fields. It's cool. Oh, yeah. The orcs were totally outnumbered and outmatched here. Uh, and then we get, you know, the part where Gladriel and Halbrand chase down Adar. Um, Adar uses the tactic of, of tripping up the horse. Or, or mm. sorry, Halbrand does to trips up Adar's horse. Throwing a broom handle through the horse's spokes. Uh huh. So he, and then they, they give you a over. shot. Don't worry, everybody. The horse is fine, right? The horse stands up. No broken yeah. legs. Not gonna have to put it down. Right. Just so you know. Right. Um, no. No then, fake horses were harmed in the filming of this fake scene. The other shocking thing to me is when Halbrand gets him on the ground and is like, "Do you remember me?" And in movies, they're always supposed to say. I remember you, but mm-hmm. Adar was just like, nope, never seen you before, dude. <laughs> no, that's always I a thought super it was hilarious for the villain to say, like, I don't, I have yeah. no idea who you are. You, you, you know, <laughs> right. you think about me every day. I've never thought of you at all. Yeah. Also the Don Draper to Pete. If, if you listen to our, our, our Lord of the Rings series of podcasts, you know that one of my all time favorite scenes in fellowship is where Liv Tyler is riding uh, her horse and she's trying to get away from the ring wraiths. And just as they about to get to her, she leans forward and whispers in the horse ear. She says, uh, Norolim Asphaloth, Norolim, which means run faster. And they cut, there's an inset cut to the horse that gives a performance that emotes, mm-hmm. fuck yeah, lady. And he just like, he like turns on the turbo, <laughs> the horse turbo boosters. And yeah. they do the exact same thing. Galadriel says, Norolim to this nameless horse. They cut to the horse, and the horse is like, not as easy a look. He's no Asphaloth. But he still the, the horse still gives the like fuck yeah lady starts going even faster and uh I, I, I like that. I, I like these little nods to the the main sequence Jackson films. Yeah, it's good stuff. Um I have questions about Adar, you know, that, that maybe we can talk about here in the scene when Galadriel questions him, but why doesn't he remember Halbrand? Very curious. Mm, there's Halbrand some clearly remembers him. There's some mysterious things going on here. Mm-hmm. For sure. He does try to cold read Halbrand, though. It's like, ah, oh, did I cause a loved one pain? A child, perhaps? Your aunt, your sister. Name begins with an R and S. <laughs> it's uh, something with her lungs. Breast cancer? That's that's close to lungs, right? I, I'm, you got to yeah. give me something here. <laughs> Are you familiar with a cold read? <laughs> Seriously, dude. I've never met you. <laughs> uh, yeah so we go back to the village where Valendil apparently is this Dwayne the Rock Johnson Jr.'s name nope uh, it's Dwayne the Rock John- Jr. I'm sorry D- that's that's perfect name DTRJ Jr. Um, tells Isildur that they've got no, he's not. Spot. he's not Dwayne the Rock Johnson Jr. he's Dwayne the Rock Jr. that just Dwayne? flows so much better Dwayne the okay, Rock Jr. D- DTRJ. Dwayne His the Rock Jr. His last name is Junior. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I love it. No relation to Dwayne the Rock Jones. <laughs> no. no. That's a, an unfortunate <laughs> mistake to make. Oh, shit. Um, yeah, so he tells Isidore they've got a spot on the company going out to the woods to hunt for the remaining orcs. And Antamo says, I'm done fighting. I've had 10 <laughs> minutes of battle. It's felt like a lifetime. Dude, I was, I, I was in the biggest one-sided battle I've ever seen on a huge mm-hmm. charge of cavalry mm-hmm. on horseback against a woefully outmatched force of orcs that we totally ran roughshod over and that's it I'm spent for a I lifetime. almost got ran through by a hideous monster man and I'm covered in black blood fuck Fair. all of this I want to go back drinking and carousing uh, <laughs> with all the girls in Numenor please yeah Um, and then we go to Galadriel asking Adar if he is one of the Mori- Moriandor, the elves that were taken by Morgoth and corrupted. Uh, and rather than answer, he claims that Sauron actually wanted to heal Middle-earth after Morgoth's defeat, but that he just couldn't get the knowledge dark enough to make it happen. And eventually he got 
uh, Adar got fed up with sacrificing all of his children, so he killed Sauron. Galadriel doesn't believe this and promises to force him to watch the genocide of his entire race. And then he talks some shit. Galadriel decides to kill him, but Halbrun stops her. Jesus Christ, Galadriel. We got a lot of rings of power to ponder. We'll be right back after this short break. And now, let's dig a little deeper on Doug Too Deep. It's insane how little pity she has for this guy who's manifestly a victim. Uh Like, you can say whatever you want about what he's doing right now and his means, his methods, but it's like, it, I don't know, it'd be like, uh, it'd be like delivering these lines of Magneto. It's like, chill, man. Mm-hmm. He was a he was a German Jew to guy went through a fucking Holocaust. Like, yeah, maybe needs to be stopped, but let's not want to. I'm gonna drag all the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. I'm gonna gun them right in front of you. You're gonna be the last to die <laughs> right. with the screams echoing in your ears, old man. Like, goddamn. All right, and, and all then Gladrill, right, and then he just says Uruk, and she decides, you know what? Fuck that plan. I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> like, right. Right. She's also wishy-washy, so I also or easily taunted. I love the whole trope of we can we can mow through as many of you fucking Uruk mooks as we want and not stain our conscious at all. But if we have the temerity to kill the head bad guy, that would be irredeemably wicked. Mm-hmm. Right, right. <laughs> Thank you for calling me from the darkness as she's picking <sighs> as she's wiping the black blood of the Uruk off of her. You know, at least I didn't kill this guy. Yeah, I actually like. To some parts of the dynamic here, I th- I think like mm-hmm. the the this Uruk stuff that uh, Adar is doing, where he's trying to convince her that these are people worthy of living, just like uh, you know people just like her, right? Um, yeah. all created by the same living, God, thinking, feeling. Yeah, we're here by like if 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 Uru didn't want us here, then he wouldn't give us the the secret fire, right? Right. Yeah. Um, I like that stuff, and and I like the. You know, she calls him a slavering orc or whatever, and mm-hmm. Halbrin comes in and stops her from killing him, and then he says Uruk in her face, right? Corrects her again, right? And then she just slices him a little bit, just a little on the neck. Yeah, just a little I, neck slice. I like all that dynamic. That that was pretty good. Also, I love the like when he she spits this unhinged rant to this guy and he's like, seems I'm not the only elf that's been transformed into darkness. Perhaps your search for the evil should have ended in the mirror. Mm-hmm. Fucking sick burn. You walked right into the Gladriel. Sure did. Yeah, she's been acting pretty shitty for a lot of the show. I think it's interesting. They're setting up Sauron as, you know, there's a lot of this, like he's looking for power over flesh, uh, not of flesh, but over it, power over the unseen world. I think he's talking about the wraith world that we see that you go into once you put on the the rings of power. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was missing some shadow of dark knowledge that even he could uncover. I wonder what that is. Like what yeah. missing piece of sorcery does Sauron need uh, to, 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 to make the thing? And also, is Adar being straight with his motivations that Sauron is just trying to stitch back together Middle Earth? I mean, maybe from a certain point of view, sure. Um, mm. And he doesn't care that it's going to be a dark and twisted version of Middle Earth, so long as uh, he can unite the the forces that he wants to unite. Yeah. Well, he also said bringing the ruined lands together in perfect order. Anytime I hear the word perfect yes. order, I feel like I can hear the goose stepping of boots on yep. on pavement. You know, the trains are just running a little too on time. Uh-huh. <laughs> totally. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a little. Yeah. Perfect order. Mm, hard to do. Hard to do with us on perfect people. Unperfect. See, just proving your point. All right, let's go to Galadriel and Halbrand. Um Sitting down for a little chat, Galadriel tells him uh, to forgive himself for what he did, and Halbrand thinks that might actually be able to happen. Uh, and they both admit to feeling something while fighting side by side during the battle. Then Halbrand is called away to see the queen, and Galadriel wipes her blade on the hilt's covering, which is interesting. Yeah. Is it possible that Halbrand is Sauron? Sure. We still like, don't know it, what he did. 
you know, listening to the the lore cast of our buddies, the lore hounds, they talk about how this guy, you know, comes in a very fair form and he's very charming and he's very persuasive. And he I don't see how Adar got that sword. I honestly don't like it doesn't seem like he had the time to switch it with Waldron and all that kind of stuff. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Gladriel gives she gives him the the, the package, right? The package. No. That, no, does she, she give him this? Does he have access to the sword at this point? I think she holds on to it here. So okay, because that was one of my the, my linchpins is that she had trusted him with the sword for a bit, but no, she does. She doesn't actually do that. Hmm. Yeah, I, I really couldn't tell you how Waldrig gets a hold of that sword. Um, yeah, that didn't quite connect. Like, I, it just didn't seem like they told the story of them having enough time to yeah. make a switch like that. And if it's on Galadriel's person the entire time, I just don't know when he would have got it. Yeah. I guess yeah, she gives but... it to Aaron Deer at some point and he gives it to Theo and it but it's already been switched by the time Aaron Deer has it. Hmm. Anyway, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, this maybe, that, scene... maybe that is maybe that is crazy. Maybe that maybe it is crazy. It, well, I, I so so there might be a clue here. Um do you think that the actual hilt would have reacted by wiping blood onto it? Ooh. On the covering of it? Or would would it not react because A, maybe it needs human blood or something, um, but uh-huh. B, maybe it's, you know, has to actually touch the hilt itself. Hmm. So it didn't react. But I'm wondering yeah, if maybe. they didn't put the shot in there just so we know they definitely... oh, it's already gone at this point. They definitely inserted it, but I don't. Uh, yeah. Oh, so you're saying that it would have started to for- transform? Ma- yeah, that's, maybe that's our hint. Maybe, that it's already been replaced because they did. Well, they maybe do, the do chase. an inset. They do inset shoot her wiping the blood on that particular thing. Yeah. Well, I wonder if the chase isn't a distraction. Is what I'm saying. Like Adar took a fake package and ran with it after he'd already given Waldrick the sword. Just because so I don't think they ever Wal- opened just it. To give right? Waldred, yeah, just to give Waldred the chance to get away. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that's my guess. Um, and they were telling us that by showing us it didn't react to this blood. Gotcha. But All right. I could be I'm, wrong. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm fucking with that theory. Here's the other question. Are they trying to make Galadriel and Hallbrand an item? Oh. Because they're really no, relating why? to each other hard in this scene. Over their shared bloodlust and trauma? I, I, I didn't see any romance, no. Okay. Did you? Yeah. Yeah, around the edges. Huh. No, I didn't I, see it. I felt like there was something unspoken because Halloran got called away here, but I could be wrong. Hmm. The unspoken thing is he's actually a Sauron. That could be it too. Yeah. All right, let's go over to Bronwyn thanking the queen for saving them. And the queen calls her a leader, but not the true leader because she then introduces the true leader, Halbrand, And Bronwyn recognizes the symbol on his sack and asks if he's the king that was promised. And of course you do what you're absolutely always supposed to do when someone asks you if you're either a king or a god. You uh-huh. say, yes. Yes, I 100% am. 100% I am. Bow before me. Yep. And everyone does. They celebrate. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, such a good, it's such a good negotiating move. Um, <laughs> I, I wish they'd, I wish they'd, I wish they'd explain what the fuck this sack is. Because Brownman recognizes it. And yeah. like, I, I don't, I, what is inside of it? What is it like? Is it really the ancestral testicles of the line of Southern Kings? I, I, I don't know. And it's also a damn good thing. The Bronwyn is like, shoo, I don't know about this leader thing. I just want to get better. Imagine if she was kind of like, you know what? I actually got a first taste of leadership and these people taking me seriously. And I'm really looking forward to, I'm looking, I got a whole bunch of ideas I got to make the community better. I've been really awkward, but the Bronwyn's like, oh my God, the, so heavy the crown on my brow if, if only there was someone more kingly to take it <laughs> and uh-huh yeah 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 they really they really, to to really set up halbrand <laughs> really set up halbrand to, to take over totally and the village loves it the village loves it, mm-hmm. it, it, it i think it's funny that like as he's like looking all proud and like happy and like do you see this shithole village this is what you're ruling over it's like wrecked there's tons of orc <laughs> corpses uh, he, he also, it's about the the whole continent's about to go boom. So, oh, right, he's got the king and nothing. He's the king of nothing now. Yeah. All right, Galadriel gives the hilt back to Arendir, or does she? That's the whole scene. 
Uh, and then Erendir goes over to Theo and tells him not to feel so bad for giving the hilt to Adar. Theo says he misses the hilt and the power he felt when wielding it. So Erendir gives it to him and says, well, maybe it'll help if you tell the Numenorians to throw this into the sea on their way back. Theo, of course, immediately tries to use it, sees that it doesn't work, opens it up, finds just a plain axe inside. Yeah, the only person you could possibly give it be worse to give this to is Isildur, who has a proven <laughs> track record of hanging on to cursed <laughs> artifacts. Because, like, yeah, yeah, this guy, this this kid who's been haunted and touched by darkness, and hears this thing calling, "Hey, uh, take take this uh, take this kilo of heroin and do the right thing with it, kid." You know, mm-hmm. I, I know you've had some trouble <laughs> getting getting off getting off this stuff, but uh, I, I think you'll feel real good if you're the one that surrenders it. <laughs> what the and, fuck? and then he immediately runs up to Arendir, pulls on his coattail, and it's like, Arendir, this isn't working. Why isn't this working? <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh shit! They swapped it for baking soda, or I don't know. I don't. What's heroin look like? Is it like yellow powder? I don't know. Heroin? Uh, That's I don't know. I've I don't see it on Breaking I Bad. I don't. There's very few rules I have in life, but one one mm-hmm. is uh, don't fuck with heroin. Yeah. Uh, so I don't. I I do not know what it looks like. Uh. So it turns out that Waldre has the hilt, and he goes and places it in the Sauron stone. I don't know what else to call this. The altar, and it causes sure. a dam to burst, sending a flood of water through the tunnels dug by the orcs. I thought the tower came down and buried this whole area in rubble, Aaron. It, like that? I said, it, 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 that, it's debatable. That tower might have just slid down the side of the hill and taken out the orcs that are on the outside of it. I, I buy that. Okay. Um, so I did. And I honestly thought this was pretty fucking cool when I realized what was happening. I'm like, oh, because I always thought, I was like, what the fuck are these tunnels? They don't even go all the way they need to where they need to go. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not tunnels or canals and they're, yeah. they're siphoning all this water to the heart of what's going to eventually become Mount Doom triggered an explosion and I'm like oh because Mordor famously there's not much sunlight you know it's it's uh, the skies are choked with these volcanic fumes and you know we know that the volcanic uh, eruptions can blot out the sun and a wider so like he's he's in a very literal sense eliminating the sun from the orcs lives in the southern mm-hmm. continent and I'm like, fuck yeah, this is actually pretty, pretty fucking sweet. Yeah, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves because we need oh, right. a horse bonding the, scene sure, first sure, sure, sure. Uh, where Alan Dill tries to teach Isildur how to bond with his horse, just like his dead horse wife Horse bond is what him. you use to fix up your horse when someone's thrown a broomstick. <laughs> when it gets... It's like Bondo, only for horses, <laughs> it's horse bond. Yeah, or when it gets cut in battle. Yeah, you just sm- <laughs> slather it with horse bond. Yeah, he's got to buff that out, throw, throw, throw some horse bond on it. <laughs> color match it looks like a barracks a chestnut so yeah <laughs> you uh-huh. get that from the, the the horse store and you're good to go nice um yeah and now we can talk about the floodwaters which start erupting from the ground running through the orc tunnels straight into a volcano causing that to erupt it peppers the village with lava bombs which is hilarious oh, the devastation and eventually a cloud of smoke fire and heat that I'm going to say absolutely kills every living thing in its path, blast the village and Galadriel square in the face. So I've got the Wikipedia entry for pyroclastic flow. Oh, please, please. Pyroclastic flows are the most deadly of all volcanic hazards and are produced as a result of explosive eruptions. They normally touch the ground and hurtle downhill or spread laterally under gravity. Uh, they flow along the ground away from a volcano at average speeds of 100 kilometers an hour, but are capable of reaching speeds up to 700 kilometers an hour. The gases can reach temperatures of about 1,000 C. That's 1,800 Fahrenheit for us stupid Americans. Yep. So when I see this, because I, I, you know, I, I know a little bit about, I, I've seen a volcano movie or two. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I've, I, I knew about this phenomenon and I'm like, oh, well, surely they won't show the actual pyroclastic flow hitting the village. <laughs> and then they do. And Galadriel staring right into it. And I'm like, okay, maybe a high elf Lord who's essentially functionally immortal can tank this, but every fucking human and orc is going to be dead, dead as disco. Mm-hmm. And then it and cuts there are so many important ones here. 
And I'm like, well, maybe I said, that's like, oh, well, maybe they're about to show that this was Galadriel having a premonition of the darkness that's come and she's going to have, they're going to have to try to ward this off and that's going to be the rest of the season. And I'm like, but then it just cuts to black right as the cloud gets to her. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, oh, oh no. Yeah. That's, I mean, like I said, even if, even if they come up with some creative way to undo because like the worst thing they can do is just have everybody covered in dust in the next episode oh my god here's the scariest part of this is you can hear i I can't remember if it's hallbrand or ellen deal shouting get behind the wall right before this and i'm gonna assume that the wall he's talking about is made of stone do you know what lava is aaron do you know what it is largely liquid, liquid stone yeah, in in, in the <laughs> right. case in the case of Pyrocraft Classic Cloud, it's it's essentially rock steam. And uh-huh. if you think a wall will save you, go ask those fuckers <laughs> in Pompeii, the ones right? who are in their basements and their interior rooms and are covered in like feet of ash and rock and died where they stood. Like, mm-hmm. God damn it! Why? Oh. So I, my yeah, biggest I, fear I, is they're coming back and. Ellen Deal slash Halbrand slash all the villagers will have ducked behind walls and be fine. Yeah, it's and that be is going to be a joke. It's going to be essentially like nine eleven, where it's like everyone just kind of gets covered in dust, and there's like this devastation uh-huh. and all that stuff because that's what these guys are. From I, I just, oh man, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe you just shouldn't. You should. You shouldn't know enough about volcanism to be dangerous watching this show, but uh, or writing this show. Yeah, I, I just thought that they were telling the story of everyone there dying in futility and. They can't all, be it, because it, again, Galadriel, Elendil, yep. no one else, Galadriel, Elendil, and Isildur walk out of this. They moonwalk out of this situation, right? Yeah, I don't I, know. I don't know. I, it's a huge unforced error. I I don't like anything about that part of this scene, despite loving high res lava bombs dropping on people. Um, I mean, it'd be a sick intro if they just like this enormous and the, the, the fire bombs were fine. And that was cool. And then like, imagine if you just see this like dark cloud that's like blotting out the sun and then the orcs start, mm-hmm. you know, you know, cause they like the orcs were starting to like take care of the humans at the end, but like, you don't have to worry about it. There's about a thousand degree uh, cloud going to boil their flesh off their bones <laughs> here in a second. Probably you guys too. Um, mm-hmm. But they could have done this. Like there's so many different ways they could have made showed that like things are changing and for the worse. This is no longer the land of men. This is going to be the land of orcs. And they did the the most dramatic uh, schmuck baitiest way possible. And I think I think it's unfortunate. Um, I don't know what other body everybody else thinks about it, but I I was not I, yeah not a big fan. Yeah, I, I don't care. You know how fantastical a series is. I can't just turn my brain entirely off and yeah. say, well, that's how it is in this world. I, especially when you're dealing with things that happen in our real world. Yeah. And again, we don't know what they're going to do, do next week. Maybe like I was, I was about to shit my pants when they abandoned the fortification to, uh-huh. to go on defense. So like maybe, and they, they handled that beautifully. Maybe there's a way that I'm not seeing that they can uh, turn this thing around. Um, but yeah, and it's not fatal. It's not like uh, you know the, my suspension of disbelief is destroyed. It's just one of those things where you can't do that too many times. It's just it, in my I, mind, it's cheap. If they're just going for the dramatic, you know, cliffhanger, I think it's just cheap yeah. and it's it's poorly done. And stacking this on top of what I feel is just a true blunder in the last episode with the oath. Yeah, uh, I, I feel like there's an emerging pattern of careless writing here that worries me and makes me think that a couple more of these and I might just not be interested in watching anymore. But yeah, big pounds of pattern of cheap cliffhangers and all that kind of stuff. Like I said, I'm not, I'm not, I, again, I got to see the next week's episode. Um, I'm, this is, it's not single handedly. It's just one of those things that just, it's just, to me, it's just unfortunate. Sure. Because no one made them do this. There's many other ways they could have told. I think what I think what their story is, which is cool. Like I said, this is a cool idea. The fact that you are weaponizing Mount Doom to blot out the sun and make a permanent, uh-huh. you know, colony for the orcs and all the quote unquote evil things and middle Turn it into their home. Yeah, make give them a home for the first time, and you're not literally destroying the sun because that would be a little bit hokey. Because again, uh, <laughs> I've I've looked out the window. The sun's still there, and Earth is supposed to be middle. There's and Middle Earth are the same place, so I know he didn't do that. But this is a way mm-hmm. to poetically like blot the sun from the sky. I was all up until the last ten seconds of this episode. Yeah, um, 
I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe one of the possibilities is Galadriel just has so many Alfirin seeds in her pocket that like the fire <laughs> can't get through or something. I I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, may I gag? Like, she could have like I don't know, fucking half a Silmarillion in her hand, and it's formed some magical shield, like uh, sure. you know, Gandalf did when he's fighting the Balrog. He actually pyroclastic cloud. You yeah. shall not pass. Yeah, <laughs> you shall not ash. <laughs> uh, and uh, they put a stop to it. Who maybe, knows? Because this maybe. is a world of magic, and you can do things like that. Of like everybody that's important is hovering under some white dome that Galadriel's maintaining with some kind of effort of will fine okay that that would be actually pretty pretty metal but uh we'll we'll see we'll see they're, yeah. they're, they definitely got us in a cliffhanger of one way or another that's uh, that's the shame of it right like it should this discussion should have been all around like the turning of the land into uh fucking what where's the mountain sick darkness yeah uh uh Mordor Mordor, right it should have been like how cool that was and, and an yep. idea and it is very cool it is cool it's diminished by this ending in my opinion it has anyway that's the end i blame uh, Isildur. if he hadn't thrown away half an apple and given it that a horse none of this shit would have happened yeah i'm all out of alfirin seeds i'll come back <laughs> next week with more i'm gonna take two alfirin and call the doctor in the morning see how i'm feeling <laughs> how are you guys feeling uh, if you'd like to let us know for the feedback episode, it's going to be out early next week. Send that into Doug2Deep at baldmove.com. I would love to hear it. Talk us off this cli- cliff. Mm-hmm. Cast a wall of white magic that's going to protect us from the searing heat of our takes so we don't get burnt up in it. Doug2Deep at baldmove.com. Of course, twitter.com slash baldmove is how you uh, keep up with our latest releases and what we're up to. And uh, what else? What else? Uh, oh, yeah. If you like to get ad free feeds and a whole bunch of other bonus features, uh, always welcome to join the club. Find out how to do that and other ways to support Bald Move at support.baldmove.com. Really appreciate it. Uh, couldn't do it without you. That's it for this week. I'm very curious to see what the Lorehounds get up to. I will be guesting on their Lorecast this week. Uh, that will mm-hmm. be out Monday. The feedback podcast will be out Wednesday. Dug too deep at baldmove.com. That's a cliffhanger for the week. Find out what's going on next time. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya.